This podcast replay is brought to you by Walton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Walton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. 954-966-4646. I'd arrive, and it was Leslie Visser. Nice job by you, Cubs. I appreciate that. Ah, Mr. Ferronis, how you feeling? You feeling good? Yes, sir. Uh, came back from a nice vacation, so uh, got back to work yesterday. Caught everyone up uh, on uh, on the defensive coordinator candidates. I was still tracking it a little bit while you know whenever I got the chance. Uh, so kept up with the candidates who were getting interviews, and then uh, now this is a big week of interviews for that, and uh, and we'll see what it means going forward. Are you married? Are you married? Am I? No. <laughs> You're single? No, You're single? no, I am not. Okay. I was going to ask yes. you how, I was going to ask you how was that ass in yeah, Columbia? Yeah. But I, can't, I can't get into it because you have a girlfriend apparently. So <laughs> can't get, can't, I don't want to. <laughs> See, I've been married for, I, I, I'm going to celebrate my 30th wedding. I, I, my wife and we're comfortable, bro. So I can, I can openly talk because she understands this is a guy show. So I can, I, if I have to talk about women, I'm going to talk about women. You know what I'm saying? But but I know a lot of you aren't necessarily in the same kind of relationship, so I can't necessarily – I know Joe Rose would get your ass in trouble, but I'm not going to do that. I, I, I'm going to respect that part and uh, not ask you because, you know, all we hear about Colombia is that there's – you know, you know what I'm saying, by the way. You know, it's uh, – Colombia has been known as a place that uh, – Lonely men go to a lot to get a little companionship. See, you didn't you didn't go for that. You went for other reasons, but I'm sure you noticed that there were right, right? I'm sure you noticed yeah. it. Oh, it, it was a it was a boys trip. It was a boys trip. But did, did you hear me wrong? I I, I just say I, I am single. I, I, you might have heard oh, me you wrong. Are single. That I am single. So then yeah, how yeah. was the ass in Colombia, bro? I heard it was fantastic. <laughs> I hear the streets are loaded with good-looking women there. Oh, they're very attractive women, yes. And uh, we can go into further detail in, in a private moment, but okay. <laughs> on the show, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep the topic. Are they very friendly with, with tourists? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, and everyone is, really. I mean, I, I just found Colombian people in general to be oh, yeah. very friendly across the board. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the cartels are the only problem there. Not, not, like my, my people, Cuban, we're, yeah. not like my people, Cuban. We're all assholes. <laughs> yeah. Colombian people are actually really, really cool. It's just, you know, you just can't mess yeah. with the, you know, the, with, the, with the drug lords, you know. That, that's, that's, you know, that's the only part. Oh, you don't yeah, yeah. Right. There's an element. But you know what? There's an being, element you got to stay away from. Right. And being Cuban and growing up in the 80s, I'm already used to that. So I just know, like, I know how to keep my distance from those people. It's I respect. You respect them. They usually respect you and leave you alone. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I would imagine it was uh, it was a, a guy's trip in Colombia. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun right there. That's a lot of fun right there. Good stuff. Good stuff. It was a good right. So who's... Uh, do you have a gut feeling because they've they've had a thorough search now and they are interviewing a slew of people 
you know, I thought for sure they're going to pick one of the two guys inside the building for continuity purposes. Now, they did a very responsible thing in talking to everybody. And so, obviously, a Brandon Staley runs the same kind of system, that kind of stuff. So you tell me, will an outside guy be the option? Will the inside guy be the option? Do you have a gut feeling right now? Yeah, if, it, if we're just talking gut feeling, I mean, I felt this way um, just – sort of at the beginning of the week, going through the weekend, and he was the first name to sort of pop up. But maybe it would be Brandon Staley. And uh, not like I feel tremendously convinced about it, but um, maybe like percentages-wise I'd give him a slight edge over others. Just I I think Mike McDaniel uh, really does um, have a level of of respect for – uh, that that meeting in 2022, uh, the defensive game plan that Staley had a lot of defenders out and uh, the the Chargers defense really stifled uh, the Dolphins in that game. And then, sure, Mike McDaniel, then he got his uh, when he had him again the next year in the opener. And the, the Dolphins put up 36 points on uh, on Brandon Staley's uh, same defense. In fact, a healthier version of the defense uh, to start the, the next season. So, but I mean, I think he does just respect uh, the level of how difficult it is to game plan against them. That he makes you uh, just bring an extra level of uh, game planning to uh, that matchup. And uh, what Mike McDaniel, he had the whole offseason that year to the for that week of the game. So, uh, the, so that probably helped him a lot in uh, in that regard. And other than that, then I might look at uh, Leslie Frazier just because um, he's another veteran mine. He's had a, a year off. And um, uh, he would offer a lot of insight into the team that the Dolphins have to get over, which is the Buffalo Bills, having been there for for so long uh, before he took this little uh, sabbatical hiatus, whatever um, it is in his mind. Uh, there are the internal candidates, uh, Anthony Campanelli, uh, who you know I love as a person, and uh, Ryan Slowick, who you know one of the Slowick brothers. They're both on the rise. So uh, he just one year as outside linebackers coach. He's up for it, interviewing, and then a couple of uh, uh, younger, uh, uh, up and coming outside candidates emerging. Chris Kiffin, uh, who uh, has a previous tie with uh, Mike McDaniel, and also Anthony Weaver with the Baltimore Ravens. So those intrigue me, but um, I feel like. It, to get a veteran uh, defensive mind might be more of the move because of this win now window that the Dolphins are in more so than just going with an unproven pro- promoting a guy on his way up. Uh, you know, you, this may not be the, the situation you want to do that in. Yeah, and I think you bring up a great point because I thought you you go in you go within because you stay with continuity, but now that Brandon Staley is kind of in the mix. Leslie, I don't think, runs the exact same defense, but Brandon does. And so you you also don't want to have to make too many changes, and you want as much continuity as possible. So the Brandon Staley one starts to make more sense to me only because of what you just said. The experience is already there with Brandon Staley. It's already proven, whereas, unfortunately, with the guys – the assistant coaches you have with the Dolphins, they're really uh, – well, actually, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Hill, right, was the other guy. He he was he he was a defensive coordinator for a short time, right, for one year? Yes, uh, with the Chargers. It might have been might have been two. I, I'd have to look, look it up again, but right. So on the little, Staley, on the yeah, yeah. So he has a little bit of, uh, of, of experience. So that's kind of the – and if you're Mike McDaniel – you don't have any more room to screw up anymore. 
you you have to get shit fixed next year whether you like it or not because you may not get a fourth year or if you screw up next year your fourth year is hot seat hell year for you you know what i mean because if you screw up next year by the end of that year you're going to have 80 percent of the fan base wanting to fire you and maybe they will but if you hang on you're barely going to hang on and you're going to be you know with a lot of heat so he he has to do something this offseason that doesn't really upset the cart too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And this is such an important hire for him uh, from that perspective because you felt like, okay, he's going into year two. He nailed it with the Vic Fangio hire. Uh, Josh Boyer was a holdover uh, from the previous regime and that Mike McDaniel wanted uh, – uh, Fangio from the start, but then the sort of the, the Dolphins' internal push, whatever it was, to keep Boyer, keep the, some level of continuity on the previous defense, which was successful under Brian Flores, all that. Uh, but then he got the guy he wanted, and then now that guy is gone after one year. So uh, I think Mike, yeah, from that regard, uh, you talk about scheme, probably wants that continuity uh, because this is already the style that he wanted on defense. And Brandon Staley is a, an understudy of Vic Fangio. He spent time under him both in Chicago when uh, Fangio, last year he was defensive coordinator there, and then Denver when uh, that year, that 2018 season with the Bears, got him into the head coaching ranks of uh, Fangio. And uh, and then that way he was, Brendan Staley was, uh, was under him there in Denver, then rose to become defensive coordinator for a year with the Rams, uh, gets a head coaching job, now going back into the coordinator ranks. Um, uh, based largely on some of his game game management decisions. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I see him. And it's, like you said, it's really important for Mike McDaniel to nail this hire. Yeah, he he better nail this hire. What did you think of uh, Ron Jaworski's comments about Vic Fangio? Did you hear him? Oh, yes, that uh, there was more so a problem with the players uh, wanting to party and take part in the um, Miami lifestyle as opposed to uh, Vic Fangio's way of coaching. For those that that have not heard what Ron Jaworski told a radio show host, let's, or or podcast, I don't know what the hell it was, but let's hear from Ron Jaworski. Sean, can you play that soundbite for us, por favor? It impacts me zero percent. You know, coaches coach. And, uh, you know, I, I have connections as well around this league. And, you know, I, I hear another side of that story, that uh, there were some players on that defense that didn't want to work, you know, didn't want to put the time in, didn't want to put the effort in, didn't want to make the commitment to be successful. Guys like mm-hmm. to party at night. And, you know, South Beach is a really great place to party. And Vic tried to get those guys to push those guys to become harder workers and better athletes and more committed to their team. And he couldn't get through to those guys. So those are the guys that Vic was pushing, and they're the guys that are whining right now. Um, Javon Holland is not that guy. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. And, and, and read who Javon Holland is. No, no. When he's kicking rocks, see, that's the part where I call bullshit for Ron Jaworski. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 cause I've been thinking about this for the last 24 hours and I, uh, I, I don't know about the other guys. Okay, uh, who was the other guy? Was it Brandon Jones that complained? Right, I think it was, and and even Cam or who was it? it was- no, no. Well, uh, well, Javon Holland 
posted the the kicking rocks. If somebody then, else. Uh, Cam Smith posted Cam. the uh, unlocked emoji. But then also Jalen Ramsey throughout the season and a lot of interviews was very open about that he wishes he was used in a different way. Um, okay, he was so sort of uh, the first one. Right. Jalen Ramsey. You, you want to tell me rookie Jalen Ramsey that was maybe a, a little bit immature and all that, that he came in like all of us when we grow up. But Jalen Ramsey now, after all these years, is as professional as it gets. He's very religious, by the way. He's putting up a – he puts up something every single day, okay? And then Javon Holland, I don't even have to hang out with Javon Holland. All I need to do is see who he is, and that guy is too way, way mature and too intelligent to, to be doing stupid things out in the street. So I'm sorry. I don't know the other kid. I don't know Cam Smith well. So I, I don't know if he's a party guy or if he's not, if he's lazy, he's a hard work. I don't know the guy from a hole in the wall. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland, when it comes to character, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a 10 there. I'm good with those guys. So I call, I call some bullshit on Ron Jaworski. You go ahead. Yeah, I mean, those are two guys that they have that dog in them, that, that phrase that we hear so often nowadays. Ramsey established. He is as established as it gets when it comes to that. You, you don't have to worry about him. And him more so, it was uh, complaints about how he was using the scheme. He wanted to do more. So it wasn't. He didn't want to work. Yeah. He would have made it back from that knee injury yeah. that quickly. Okay. Yeah. Come on, yeah. bro. Yeah. Well, yeah, that certainly was not the issue with him. He wanted to work more. He wanted to be more involved in the defense. It was actually quite the opposite. And Javon Holland, I mean, he, he's we've caught he is that dog uh, that that he's got. I mean, uh, you see it like when he has that ninety-nine yard hail mary uh, pick six. The way he uh, goes up, gets the ball, and he's immediately just uh, bolting it down the other way. It's just those type of plays, the, the range that he plays with. Uh, so I, I don't see him as what he how he carries himself my brother that's all i don't even care about the player i look at javon holland the man the way he handles the media the way he carries himself he's just one of those dudes bro it, it, like seriously like you you can't tell that you know come on man you know and, and that that's that's where i was thinking overnight i'm going you're going after ramsey and holland yeah i'm not going with that sorry not going with that one. Sorry. Yeah. On Holland, at least I'll say that uh, certainly I wouldn't question necessarily his work ethic. It's just he – I mean, he's he's a guy that's at least proven in that regard that he's got it up there. And then, uh, I mean, he did have an injury uh, late in the year, and maybe, maybe Vic Fangio felt that he should have been out there. He should have been back sooner from it. But you never know what's going on behind the scenes as far as how a guy is is healing, is coming back from it. Uh, so he missed some time, tried to come back. He had to tap out of one game uh, because it wasn't working for him. Uh, so just Bro, you know, that that's one of the odd. That's an odd injury, dude. Yeah, uh, he had it on both knees, so he can't even compensate. Come one, on, one yeah. yeah, come on. I mean, that was how do you come back from that? You, you that's just a process. You, you, you don't get to cheat. You don't get to use half of your body. You, you don't get to do it. You you can't work without both legs. You know what I'm saying? And again, I and nothing against Cam Smith, by the way. I apologize, Cam. I'm not saying you did anything. I'm not saying you didn't. I just don't know anything about you, man. So I can't defend you. But I am going to go out on a limb and say, 
the other two guys, nah, 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 you're, you're, you're out. Go, go pick a, you know, if you're telling me Preston Williams doesn't want to work. Okay. If you tell me, you know, Robbie Chosen's a little bit of, 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 uh, you know, aloof. Okay. There. If you tell me Rachel Davis is a little consistent, let's go. I'm, I'm all good. I, 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 I have track record. I can see it. You're going to start picking on Javon Holland and Jalen Ramsey. Now we, we got to fight now. We're going to fight now. That's what we're going to do because that, no, 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 no way. Uh, so you when guys like that, you make it work with them, come on, bro. Those are leaders. And, and, and even, even previously we've mentioned, you know, like, all right, so I'm a younger guy, but I have some uh, somewhat of an old school mentality where sometimes it's both. It's a give and take players and the coaches that, uh, if the players are changing so much, Vic Fangio is used to one style of coaching. How come it was never a problem, his style of coaching uh, in past years? Okay, a little bit of that. But still, as a coach, you always – and this is what Mike McDaniel, I, I believe, wants to instill is uh, you adjust to the guys that you have. So a good coach is versatile in that regard in that he can understand the uh, guys that he has in the locker room, th those personalities, and fit – to how to make them their best. It's not that the players have to always adjust to, to the coach. Uh, it's more so that's the coach's job to adjust to the players that he has. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me tell you something. Um, I've known about Holland since the, since the draft. Okay. I kind of, when I was at onside on onside doing our thing, uh, we created draft profiles. Okay. And we would play them throughout the day leading up to the draft. So we and positions of need and whether it was offensive line or a wide receiver or whatever. And I, and I would pick a few of them. Do you know how many, how many profiles I made for safeties? How many? <laughs> Javon Holland is the only one I made. There was a reason why I did that. I didn't <laughs> tell anybody, but I just put it out there. Like, and if anybody picked it up leading up to the draft, like, damn, he has a variety of all the other, but in safety, which we need, he only picked one guy. I wonder why. And so, you know, I kind of threw it out there because I already knew about him and people in the NFL were telling me uh, people all over the league love this kid. They loved his maturity. They loved his leadership qualities. Uh, Javon Holland was one of those guys that was wanted by a lot of teams. Miami was one of the lucky ones to end up drafting him, but it was, you know, it's so that to me, it was just kind of funny when I hear Jaws say that. And, and to me, it just sounds like a, like an old Philadelphia Eagles player slash former employee slash Homer that is oh, just yes. going to kind of take the company line all the time. And, you know that's not my style, bro. Yeah, I'm a I'm a hometown guy, but I'm not gonna take the company line. Uh, you know that that's not gonna be my deal. You know what I mean? But that's kind of what it came off of with Jaws. Right. Well, when your source is Ron Jaworski in that case, who is a beloved Eagle and and so so on and so forth, you know he's giving you the Eagle side and whatever he's hearing, he's not hearing from inside the the Dolphins current structure and locker room he, he's not privy to that information to know that any of those players are out partying in miami and that's sort of also kind of like a, like a generalization made okay oh these miami athletes they probably wanted to party too much they were out they were out and about instead of uh watching film every night or something because yeah. they're in miami so i, I know I what I saw. 
I know what I saw. Vic didn't use Ramsey to to shadow people. I know what I saw. Vic didn't blitz the Tennessee quarterback when he had to. I know what I saw. Josh Boyer and Brian Flores blitzed the shit out of Lamar Jackson. And I predicted it last week. I said, and as I, we're going to have Matt Verderon man, at 11. And I told Matt, I said, Matt, Spags is going to blitz the shit out of him because Fangio didn't. And of course, if you have three or four seconds, any quarterback can complete some passes with three or four seconds. But if you get after Lamar and don't get, don't allow him to think, there's no way he's going to beat you. And sure enough, that's what they did. So to me, what I saw from Fangio was a guy that did not adjust because you have to adjust at times. Not everything is going to go your way. You're not going to be able to play your style of football all the time. There are times where you're going to be out of your comfort zone, but it's important for you to be out of your comfort zone. And that would have been those moments right there. You should have blitzed the shit out of Lamar Jackson. That's the only way you beat him. You're going to make a mistake or two, and he's going to pop a run, and it's going to happen, but you got to live with it. I, didn't they live with a 74-yard run last year? Am I Was it 74 or 75 yards, right? Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, like that. Right, yeah. A, yeah. a long play to Bateman. Rashad Bateman had a long touchdown. Right. You live with it. And in the second half, you kept getting after him, and you shut him down, and you came back and won the game. So to me, that's what I saw from Vic. A, a guy that refused to adjust and was set in his ways. You know, I talk a lot about Jimmy Johnson. He comes in, he's set in his ways, and, oh, oh, I can't trade uh, Dan Marino? Okay, so if I can't trade him, I'm going to trade away Irving Fryer. I'm going to trade away his pass-catching running backs. I'm going to take away audibles from him. Really? So that's going to make your team better? Is that what you're doing here? So, you know, I, I've seen coaches that are set in their ways, and they – set their team back. Mike McDaniel does that at times when he doesn't commit to the run like he's supposed to, and Vic Fangio did it last this past season where there were times he just would not adjust, dude. Yeah, yeah. And, in fact, uh, yeah, you bring up that Ravens example. I mean, the John Harbaugh put that game a, a little bit too much on Lamar Jackson and let Steve Spagnuolo sort of dictate that. I mean, you have the, the top rushing offense, and uh, and you go to the pass that often. In a game that it's not like it was out of hand, like they had to go to the air. Uh, you know, they, they could have kept the run game in it, in the game plan for much longer. So similar also to uh, McDaniel in some cases. Listen, what I keep saying is, Tua is not Marino, so stop playing him like Marino. Tua is not John Elway. Tua is not Joe Burrow. And Tua is not Pat Mahomes. You need to play him the way you play Jordan Love, the way you play C.J. Stroud, the way you play Lamar Jackson. While they're all different in, in one way or another, you need to complement all these kind of guys with the run game. There are very few quarterbacks. I'm 57, and in the last 50 years, I don't know if I can name 15 quarterbacks that I would put back there and say, you have no running game for four quarters. Let's go. We got to do that for the next month. I can do that with Mahomes and Burrow. I can't do that with anybody else in the NFL. I can do that with Elway. I can do that with Marino. I can do that with Warren Moon. There's only a few of those guys in the history of the game, Jim Kelly or something. And even Jim Kelly had Thurman Thomas. Who's a freaking monster and a half? You know what I'm are saying? You giving that, are you giving that to Josh Allen? No, of course not. He doesn't have the accuracy to do that. 
Accuracy. Are you kidding me? He'll get in trouble every time by throwing interceptions. Mahomes and Burrow are the only guys that I you can say in a day, oh shit, the running game's over. We got we we gotta just sling it. Mahomes and Burrow are the only ones. And even with Mahomes, they ran the ball with uh this kid 32 times. Well, not the kid, because he ran not 32, but they ran the ball 32 times. They didn't have a lot of success. But that's the difference. They were smart. They kept them honest. They kept expecting the run. Spags, I don't know what he did to them, but he he screwed with them right away, and they they dumped the run. And you cannot do that in the NFL with 98% of the quarterbacks. You must complement them with the run. You have to. And that's just the thing everywhere. It's, it's not a Lamar thing. It's not just a Tua thing. It's really, in general, in the history of this game, bro, Bob Greasy, but we, did, we, did, we did the math, right? Bob Greasy threw like 18 passes in two Super Bowls that they won. Okay? 18 or 19 passes in two Super Bowls. <laughs> that, okay. Yeah, that was with, with Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, and, and Jim Kick uh, back there. Whatever. Hey, when you have the Ravens, that's where you should have kept going against. You, have that. you, had you have to the twenty twenty three version. Yeah. yeah, you have to live and die with what you are. You can't go and try to be what you're not. That's that yeah. doesn't help yeah. you out. All right. Any defensive coordinator, any defense, they prefer to go up against an offense that's one dimensional. If you have to defend both the run and the pass, that that makes everything twice as difficult. Yep, exactly. And with yeah. that secondary. You just went and challenged the best secondary in the league in Kansas City. That was just stopping the run or not. Uh, commit. Oh, you broke up there, but yeah, especially I, when your your run game is the number one in the league. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's crazy. Anyway, so, uh, what do you got yeah. going on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out? Yeah, more um, uh, defensive coordinator updates, whatever comes up, and uh, you know that'll go through the week. It looks like it's definitely going through the weekend uh, with the interview schedule. Uh, going at least through Friday, and then uh, yeah, uh, maybe uh, check in on uh, on what's going on in the Pro Bowl. A lot of Dolphins out there, so uh, that could be uh, going on this weekend. And uh, I'll be posting a Dolphins Q and A. Uh, I, I tweeted uh, asking for Dolphins uh, questions, so uh, still taking questions over there. If anyone wants uh, something answered, either online on X or in the Sun Sentinel. All right, did you reach out to Deshaun Watson? Did I reach out to Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Where am I going? Huh? Why, why would this- well, I, would, I would figure. I would figure you need a massage on that growing after being in Colombia for a few days. So you know, I'm just oh saying. I'm on Twitter at Davis underscore. Florida Sun Sentinel, right here on the Welch and Rail Miami <laughs> Dolphins report. David, we love you, brother. We'll catch up later <laughs> yes, on. Yes, sir. All right, bro. Sounds good. Call my friends, Welton Rayom, 954-966-4646. This podcast replay is brought to you by Welton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help, 954-966-4646. All right, all right, all right. There he is. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing well, doing well, yeah. Uh, 
getting some good rest now in the off season. Uh, so uh, uh, I like that. <laughs> I haven't seen all your articles, so I got to go by ignorance here. You haven't written any of that foolishness of Rabel for defensive coordinator, right? Um, I, I've had articles naming candidates, and then uh, I might leave a note like, all right, Mike Vrabel also was just fired, uh, but not like okay. not like giving him the whole name and then the big, uh, you know, whole rundown, sort of just mentioning, hey. You realize there's no like shot at that ever happening, right? Like, no shot. Like, like, there's so many reasons why. He would never take a defensive coordinator spot. He's going to get a job halfway through next year when they're firing people again like they do every year. His name will be number one, so he just has to wait. And next year he'll have a job. Why would he go backwards to defensive coordinator position? And what's he going to do, go to a team for a year? Because he's going to say, hey, guys, I want to be a head coach. And then here's the other thing. I love the people that talk about it for Miami. Yeah, so Mike McDaniel's going to hire a more successful coach than him. The guy he lost to last year. The guy that at any moment when things go wrong, the people above Mike McDaniel say, you know Mike Frabel's a better coach than this guy, right? Why don't we just fire Mike? And, and why don't we fire one Mike and hire the other Mike? You know, like there's so many reasons why this would make no sense. It'll never happen. Plus, Mike Vrabel has no reason to go backwards whatsoever. He's being paid by Tennessee right now. He will be paid by Tennessee next year. And there will be a line going out the door for Mike Vrabel next year because right now there's a couple of owners going, you know, I'd rather have Mike Vrabel than the guy we have right now. So if things don't go well, I'm going to be eyeing Mike Vrabel here. And they probably told their GM that already as it is. So to me, the the silliest thing to to write, talk about, blog about, whatever, is Mike Vrabel. It's like what Alf just wrote now, which is hilarious. He goes, Miami should hire Vrabel for DC, Sean McVay for QB coach, Andy Reid for OC, and then bring back Shula to be the head coach. It, it's, you know, it's freaking awesome by Alf because that's – Basically, it's the same clownery. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that's a word, but to me, it's just silly talk, dude. Oh, do do you then get Bill Belichick as linebackers coach? Right, like he was under Bill Parcells yeah. before defensive coordinator, like with Lawrence Taylor with the '80s Giants. And all He'd be a great fit. He'd be the ideal candidate, right? Come on, uh, man. It, it seem, yeah, from especially from a pride standpoint, for for both sides, really. Uh, Mike Vrabel and Mike McDaniel. Vrabel just beat McDaniel in that December game on Monday Night Football. Uh, so it, it would have to really take a big uh, sort of like digestion of your own pride to then go and be under the, uh, a coach that you, you did beat head-to-head -head, uh, in, in a recent matchup. And then for, for Mike McDaniel, see, uh, I wouldn't want that either if, if I'm him. Uh, you see, like, like it's a little bit different with the Brandon Staley thing because he McDaniel at least – sort of maybe humbled Staley in their last meeting uh, when he put up 36 points against the Chargers in his defense after there was one meeting where Staley got And, and Staley's a failed head coach where Vrabel is a successful head coach. So it's I was just looking it up, 54-45 and 45 in his career in the regular season, and then he has two playoff wins uh, from one run a few years back. So, yeah, and now I wouldn't say no chance either because then I, w I was just thinking of uh, Dan Quinn 
uh, and, uh, because he was hired uh, th- within this week. Uh, so then it got me thinking, wait, so uh, when he uh, – what and uh, and the Falcons parted ways, was he then immediately defensive coordinator of the Cowboys? And he was. Uh, it was the very next year, 2021, then uh, he goes and takes that job. Yeah, yeah, so, but he was he was a failed coach. I mean, it yeah. was going well, he did get bad. To Super Bowl too. No, no. Early he, no in year, right, but then it went – completely down yeah it went downhill for several years straight like three years straight it got worse and worse and worse and his game management skills and all that there was a lot of problems with Dan Quinn's teams as a head coach and it went downhill and he had to go back to being a head coach to kind of resurrect his career this is different Mike Vrabel did not fail this is some stupid idea by the daughter of of uh of Bud Adams that you know whatever you know, and she wanted to fire him, but Mike Vrabel, I don't think anybody would say Mike Vrabel deserved to get fired. Anyone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You would put it on a 0% chance, I'd put it at zero. Like no more than a, five, than a 5% chance. No, I'd, no, no. I'd, 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 pay- I'd leave a slight window open. No <laughs> window. Slight. No window. <laughs> None at all. He's not failed. It's If he was a failure as a head coach, then I would give you a higher, a way higher percentage. But a guy that is definitely head coach material. No way. That guy has to stay back and and get paid like a head coach next year from Tennessee because he's under contract and wait for a team yeah. to knock on his door because somebody's going to knock on Mike Vrabel's door next year. Yeah. I, I don't know get- if there was something different with Dan Quinn's contract situation when that occurred. So may, uh, that that could also have uh, something to do with it. So. Yeah, yeah. But but Dan was had to go back and kind of resurrect himself and then get back and get another head coaching job. And that's what, uh, by the way, that's what Raheem Morris is doing also. Raheem Morris was a failed head coach, had to go back to being a coordinator. Actually, I think he ended up becoming a position coach, then a defensive coordinator, and now he's back to getting another head coaching job just like Dan Quinn. Both guys had to kind of resurrect their careers after failed runs, unfortunately. I actually kind of forgot about Raheem Morris's first uh, stint as a head coach until I was uh, just researching all the places and all the different court. Uh, coordinator candidates had, had gone and uh i mean you know and, and morris was like one of those like like Vrabel almost where it was all it was just an outside very outside shot i mean he's gonna he ends up becoming a head coach this cycle but i was just doing my due diligence just in case and then i, I remembered oh yeah he was uh previously a head coach uh that that one time so. i was uh i was in the combine the year he got the job <laughs> Uh, with the bucks for being the head coach right it was the bucks right if i remember correctly I, right it was the bucks Right. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, and I was smoking cigars with a very prominent head coach that is still in the in the league right now. uh, And three other assistant coaches, like two scouts and like three agents. And so it was all of us. We were at uh, Nikki Blaine's and we're all smoking and talking for like till two in the like two in the morning, one thirty or something like that. And, uh, and Raheem got the job, and most of those guys, including the head coach, who knows him personally, they were so pumped for him. And they felt like he, he is a, an up-and-coming star in this. And then, unfortunately, because he was young, and I, and I see a lot of Mike McDaniel in the mistakes that McDaniel makes. Raheem kind of made those kind of mistakes, too, where he thought he, was, he could get closer to the players. You know what I mean? Because he has that that vibrant personality. Raheem, I don't know if you've ever met Raheem, but he's got this amazing personality, electrifying personality. 
and uh, and maybe he was a little too young and green at that moment. But uh, there are people around the league that really like Raheem Morris as a coach. So it's going to be interesting to see if he learned his lesson from Tampa and then can can get it done because we have a guy that now we've seen, while you like his personality and you like his offensive mind, there's no doubt, but there, there are some problems. There are some issues because he's a green coach and we're watching mistakes that are constantly made. And if he doesn't fix them, it goes by the way of Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. Yeah, and, and I'm optimistic on McDaniel on that front. I, I feel like he's very aware of of what his own shortcomings are. Uh, it's not like you ever catch him when you bring something up and it's not like he that caught him by surprise or he wasn't already thinking about it more so is what I'm trying to say. And he's not so defiant. He's not defiant with you guys. Like, no, that that's not happening. Yeah, that's not true. Get defensive that way. Right, yeah. 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 Yeah, yes. So, yeah, he's aware of those things, and, and I think he does try to attack – uh, any shortcomings, whether it's his own, whether it's that he can identify on his staff, on his roster, he he tries to attack those things. So it does leave me confident that um, whether it's uh, play calling and looking at himself uh, as a play caller, whether it's that he, I don't I don't know if he'll necessarily give up play calling duties. I don't think he'll go that far. But uh, if it's just taking an introspective look at how he he goes about those things and uh, makes the small tweaks and adjustments that are necessary. I have confidence in him to do that. Well, let's hope so. Uh, so let me ask you, in the uh, in the bullshit department, <laughs> you know where I'm going? Well, you're asking the right guy then. <laughs> you, you know where I'm going? Oh, is this uh, Javon Holland? Yeah, you believe in Javon Holland at all? <laughs> huh? I, I'm not even sure he was putting that out there to really be taken seriously. I think he was pretty uh, – it, it seemed like he was just – very much joking about it. Like he was, everyone knows what he meant. And then he's just kind of like having fun with it at, at this point. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he was even laughing when it was first brought up, like, yeah, you know, and then he's just giving you this, uh, this uh, little bullshit, uh, anecdote on how he just happened to be kicking rocks outside at the same time that it happened. He had no idea. I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't even uh, saying that to be taken seriously, like if he was really denying it. But all right. all, all just, just own up to it, bro. Just say, hey, man, I'm having fun with it. He doesn't want to be here. Kick rocks. We love it exactly. here in Miami. That's it. Yeah. Roll with it, even baby. Tell, Come on. You can even tell the way – the way um, uh, at the end of that uh, answer with uh, with Josh Moser from uh, Channel Seven, and he he just uh, goes, "Oh, but I, I wish him the best, though," or, or whatever he said, and you could tell there was uh, like like a tone to it that uh, <laughs> he didn't necessarily truly wish him the best. Of course not, dude. I mean, give me a. I I I hope Javon Holland knows that none of us believe one. Well, most of us, at least, there are naive people out there. But most of us don't believe one single word he was saying yesterday. <laughs> we know what he meant, and that's fine, dude. I have no, I have no problem. Listen, see, here's where I went against Jaws, because when Jaws was saying, "Oh well, you know, I heard down there that some of those guys weren't dedicated, and the guys are complaining that you know they they like to party," uh, dude, uh, it's Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland. Uh, no, sorry, buddy. <laughs> That's where I'm defending Javon Holland. He's not that dude either. He's not hanging out in South Beach. 
he's not the guy that's chasing ass all over the place and, you know, has uh, five baby mamas and all kinds of – no, no, that's not Javon Holland, bro. Javon Holland is all business, and he's as pro as it gets. And by the way, so is Jalen Ramsey. So to me, that's where I'm going to defend Holland against Jaws. But then at the same time, I'm going to say, Javon, come on, bro. Don't give me this bullshit. <laughs> you told them to kick rocks, and that's good. I got no problem with that. Yeah. And I answered a question from a, from a reader uh, about that exactly, those comments from Jaworski on our uh, Dolphins Q&A that, that I published uh, yesterday morning. And basically I said the same thing, We're, and we spoke about it as well. You look at the guys who uh, were saying something. We know publicly – Jalen Ramsey throughout the season, uh, he was open about that. He didn't like how he was used. He wanted to be used more, in fact. So he was he was really arguing the opposite, not that he needed to work less or needed more time to party or anything like that. Javon Holland was a captain in year two as a professional. So that's not the guy that you question as far as his commitment, his work ethic, uh-huh. uh, you know. Yeah, sometimes he's like trolling us in the media and stuff, or like turns down interviews as far as like some like like other aspects of of being a professional athlete. But as far as his work ethic and uh, what he he gives you on the field, um, and just that dog factor that he has, uh, th- that's not where uh, where you question Javon Holland. And then Cam Smith with the unlocked emoji, and obviously he was buried on the depth chart in Fangio's doghouse all year. Maybe with him, just because we don't know, he was a rookie. Uh, and and maybe it didn't click very well with him in, in his first year as a professional right. working with Fangio, and we just really don't know what uh, what was really going on with him. But uh, yeah, th- that's maybe really the only one, and then maybe just a different uh, tone in the locker room, different setting, different coaching style could uh, could resonate with him uh, to get get him going as a professional. So. Uh, he was really the only one that you look at, and then maybe it was draw was Jaws hearing that from Fangio, who was taking one player, in maybe if it was Cam Smith, and then saying it uh, like if it like if it was the whole locker room or whole defensive side, sort of exaggerating the case, or uh, or was Fangio sort of uh, maybe like making generalizations about okay, oh well, th- those are young players, they're in Miami, all they wanted to do was party when he probably had no idea what they were doing in their own time, whether they were partying or going home to actually get some rest and watching film and studying and doing all this so they're ready for the next day. Um, so, or Jaworski just exaggerating the case on his end to, uh, to back right. up uh, his guy. So yeah, there's a lot of different things that could have gone on there. I'm going to go with the latter on that one. I'm going to go with Jaworski doesn't know jack shit because he doesn't know anybody down <laughs> here. He's full of crap. His old ass doesn't know anybody down it's here. It's Fangio's side. It's Fangio's side that he's That's all. That's all. There. He's the yeah. Philly guy taking the Philly homer approach and protecting Fangio and the decision and all that. And and it's not, it's not like anybody's going to follow up and go chase Jaws. He's not important to the big picture in the process. So, yeah, it's, yeah it is what it is. All right, so what do you got going on in the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out, my friend? Yeah, just uh, well, going into this weekend, uh, pretty open. So I'll just keep my eyes off for defensive coordinator updates. Something could happen this weekend. We know uh, interviews were going at least through today. So, um, uh, and I'm seeing an update now on Twitter. They, uh, Anthony Weaver, he's still in the mix uh, from a Baltimore reporter, uh, as John Harbaugh said in a press conference. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so a lot still going on on defensive coordinator. And then, uh, yeah, just. Taking it from there, uh, depending on what happens. And then I still got some stories in the back pocket 
that I haven't put out there since back when we had locker cleanout days. So defensive coordinator getting uh, reporting ways, uh, the whole search opening up that put everything else uh, that backed up everything. So um, I'll still have some stuff going uh, uh, later on and then some draft prep later in the offseason. All right, good stuff. Follow him on Twitter at David Ferronis underscore. David, as always, thank you, my brother. We will catch up on uh, on uh, Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday. Yeah, or are we switching to Mondays now? Or is it Monday? Mondays, yes. We'll catch up on, on Monday, I think we'll it is. Mondays? Yes. All right. All right, my yes, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. You got it. There you go. The great David Ferronis. That's right. Mondays and Thursdays he's going to be joining us now. And uh, don't forget Welton Rayom, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. And I tell you this all the time, and I, I talked to Jeff yesterday, a couple of you called, one of you has a case, one of you didn't have a case. Uh, well, you had a case, the only thing is, he got you to somebody that could help you, which was great. And I always tell you, you maybe something happened to you a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you don't know if you have a case or not. Well, you got to ask first. And the consultation is completely free. So pick up the phone, 954-966-4646. Call my guy, Jeff Welt, at Welton Rayom and explain your situation. And Jeff's going to say whether you have a case or you don't. Or if he even can't help you, he's going to find somebody that can help you. 954-966-4646. Save it. You may not need it now, but you... Unfortunately, you might need it a month from now, six months from now when hurricane season is here. You never know, folks. Welton Rayom, 954-966-4646.